Hello and welcome to Studio Biz and All That Jazz. Today you are in for a treat as we bring to the show Sally Prentergast. Now, Sally is a digital marketing expert, but also has been a studio owner for over two decades. So, you know, when you put the two together, you're in for some marketing advice gold. And that's what we have here on the show for you today. Now, Sally is also going to be, and this is a bit of a drum roll moment. She's going to be one of our special guest experts within my membership for studio owners, Studio Biz Success, which I'm really excited about. So if you haven't heard me speak about Studio Biz Success, you're about too soon because I'm doing my first public launch of the program. Uh, we already have members in the group, but I've never really, you know, sang it from the rooftops per se. So I'll be doing that soon. But Sally is going to be one of our marketing experts um, featured this year within the group. So that's pretty amazing. And Studio Biz Success is my group signature program for studio owners to grow and scale their studio businesses so that they can really design the studio biz of their dreams, uh, you know, one that you deserve and one that you desire. So that's the goal. But today, let's talk about what Sally brings to the show. Sally is the founder of SP Digital Marketing and the Dance Resource Hub. She's been running a dance business for over two decades, and she truly understands the ups and downs of owning a dance studio. As a passionate dance teacher and business owner, Sally has always had a knack for creativity and a love for business management and marketing. Sally has won business awards for innovation, growth, and customer service in her dance businesses and earned a spot in the Northern Outback Queensland Business Awards Hall of Fame. These accolades speak to the dedication Sally brings to her work as well as her commitment to helping others succeed. Now, I am very excited because Sally is driven to help studio owners let go of the limiting beliefs holding them back and to embrace the possibility of achieving more than they could imagine, paving the way for an industry full of great leaders and successful business owners. So that's a little bit about Sally and, of course, her company, SP Digital Marketing for Dance Studios and and really, you know, performing arts studios as a whole. Now, uh, before we dive in, don't forget, I have my free coaching week studio accelerator coming up, uh, which you're invited to, and the link is in the show notes. But for now, let's leap in with Sally. Hello, and welcome to Studio Biz and All That Jazz. I'm your performing arts business coach and host, Josephine Langcuba. This show is designed to bring you inspiration, information, and the instruments you need to create and grow the studio biz of your dreams. I will bring you a mix of solo episodes, as well as interviews where I tap into the minds of industry experts. My career started as a performer over two decades ago. I later became a speaker, theatrical producer, and talent manager, as well as having a successful teaching career in singing, drama, and dance. 10 years into my professional journey, I became a mummer of two and with a baby on my hip, opened up my very own performing arts studio. From hardship and humble beginnings to four studio locations and a multi six-figure performing arts biz, I know how to attract students and keep them coming back for more. And in the show, I will share with you my experiences to help you thrive and fast track your path to success. 
I know you have a spark inside of you with dreams and goals for the future. As your coach and mentor, I'm here to help you step into your limelight and be a cheerleader in your ear each and every week. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk studio biz and all that jazz. Hello to the wonderful Sally Prendergast from SP Digital Marketing. I'm so excited to finally have you on the show. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Now, I know we've had some conversations. We actually had a phone call together because I love to reach out and collaborate with like-minded people in our industry. And sometimes the industry can feel so small and it just makes sense to connect. And I felt like you were one of those humans. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I'm all for collaboration. And I think that old school dance studio kind of mentality has been that we don't share. Um, But I think as time is ticking away, we're getting better at understanding that we're stronger together in all aspects of dance studio, um, management, marketing, all the things. So I'm thrilled to collaborate. Yeah, awesome. I was just on an accountability call with one of my coaching clients, actually, and they just mentioned um, one of the the tasks that they um, said that they wanted to set was to start marketing more and increase their marketing and blah, blah, blah. And then so I asked them, you know, what are the goals? And then I said, okay, how are you going to actually achieve the goal? And she said, I've got a meeting with Sally Prentergast. And I said, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm meeting with her at two (laughs) o'clock today. And she's like, wow, really? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So... Good choice, my friend. Good choice. Um, Okay, so before we get into all the fun stuff of how people can, you know, market their studios more effectively and all that jazz, I'd love to know a little bit more about you and your background so that people can understand how you arrived in this space of being a specialist and marketing for performing arts businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a dance teacher for over 30 years and studio owner for over 20 years. Um, I actually bought my first dance studio in 1999, (laughs) which feels weird to say. Um, But that bought a little dance studio, had 50 kids, ran out of a um, like a guide hall and grew that to 1,200 students over three locations. Um, Huge school. Got to the point where it was probably bigger than anticipated (laughs) Mm. and then sold it off. So but sold off each location as a separate business in the end. Um, which was that's huge oh massive massive and I was at the point where I was working seven days a week um sometimes you know comp season concert season 80 90 hours a week uh not seeing friends not seeing family very old school in the way I was doing things and well before automation or systems or social media or any of the things so (laughs) from there um I actually went into um, wholesale costumes, dance costumes. So I managed a company called Costume Box Recital for a little while in Sydney. And then I ran a dance costume wholesale business called Creations by Chi Chi for a while and then moved to Queensland and started again with dance studios up there um, in remote outback Queensland in Mount Isa. So world away from Melbourne where I started. But, yeah, that's where I was. And then COVID. So uh, COVID came along and found myself in a position of what do I really want, which I think was a question that a lot of us asked ourselves during that time, um, forced or unforced. (laughs) Um, And the part of my business I loved the most was marketing. And I would have friends, other business owner friends, not just in the dance space, but in all sorts of areas, come to me and ask me about marketing. And I realized that 
it was uh, it was my goal. It's the thing that I love to do and I was good at, you know, that, that unicorn thing that you find about yourself. So then went to work learning more um, and turned it into my full-time career for the last three or four years. So um, loving it. What would you say is the big difference between a city, because you've been in city markets versus regional, yeah. Um, I'd love to just go on that little tangent for a moment. Yeah. What What do you think is the core difference between a city-based studio versus a regional or country-based studio? Such a good question. And there's, there's a few kind of key pillars. So usually in a metro studio, way more competi- competitors in the dance space. Mm. Um, although when I talk about competition with dance studio owners, I think it's important to remember that any child activity provider is competition so it's not just other dance studios it's gymnastics it's swimming it's music it's football it's netball it's all netball and soccer that's the one right? we always get especially the last couple of years yeah netball and soccer um but getting back to my point in a metro area there are a lot more dance studios to compete against and in regional tends to be not so much and then in terms of marketing certainly in terms of paid ads on social media you have to go much broader in a regional area to reach the right people. Whereas in a metro area, you can get way more specific on targeting. So there's definitely different strategies from metro to regional in the way that we do paid advertising. But organic advertising, same. Across the board, same, same. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting too because um, people who are regional tend to be more open to travelling more because they're used to it and they have to if they want to do what they want to do because it's not just within that five-kilometre radius. Yeah, <laughs> do you agree definitely. With that? Yeah, so you definitely have to go wider geo-targeting um, mm-hmm. when you're doing paid ads, but even just um, keywords. So I talk a lot about keywords when I talk about marketing, which would be the words that someone typed into Google to find your business, right? So if you had a dance school in a quite specific metro area, people would use keywords, very specific, one or two, maybe three suburbs. In a regional area, you have the region as a keyword, and then you have lots of different towns and cities in that region that are also keywords. So it does change it a little bit like that too, because like you said, people will travel in regional areas. Can we talk about SEO and what it is and if it's relevant? I mean, if we're doing Facebook ads, Instagram advertising, you know, do we need Google ads as well? And do we need to focus on SEO? Can you just first explain to our audience what that is and, and then maybe backtrack from there? Yeah, for sure. So true SEO, so SEO being search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. So when people type into Google or anything similar, it's, it's what comes up quickly, um, is optimised for search. So in terms of dance studios, the answer is yes and no to needing SEO. Basically, for me and what I teach is that there are key areas where you want to make sure you have keywords. So your Google business profile, which is a free part of Google that you want to claim, and then you want to stack with keywords. And all it does is it improves your ranking on Google when people search for you. Then in your website, also making sure that you've got keywords, really good keywords, dance classes, dance school, dance lessons. And what's really important to note here, it's the words that your customers use, not the words that we use as studio owners. So it's really tapping into because a a customer might say toddler dance lessons, but we call it preschool dance. Mm -hmm. So it's 
it's knowing the words that they use and then making sure those words appear where they need to to get you to rank higher on Google, especially in those areas where there are more dance studios because you've got other dance studios to get on uh, above when Google search. Google ads, whole other thing and can be amazing, but it's different and quite specific compared to Facebook and Instagram ads and probably more complicated because Mm. you've got um, very specific ad words targeting, whereas Facebook and Instagram, even though it sometimes feels like a minefield, is actually easier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. And, you know, look, I I invest in Facebook advertising for my studio. We have robust enrolment campaign seasons where we do like a a three-month stint but twice a year. So six months out of 12, we do a robust stint. Um, The reason is is because we're musical theatre and it's very seasonal, as in you kind of have to get in by a certain date for it to be worth it and all that sort of thing. And we have quite a high spend daily and all that sort of stuff. Um, When it comes to those sorts of things, you know, people, because you say, oh, it's more, you know, this is a little bit more technical, a bit more challenging over here versus doing it over there. What's your thoughts around people doing it themselves, like actually going in and, and doing, you know, Facebook advertising and managing it themselves versus getting in an expert? Like, you know, the, I know that I used to do it myself very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're supposed to do. It's yeah. just about actually doing it and having the time to do it. And then what would happen is I'd learn how to do it but then I'd go back in and they'd updated the back end and it looked different. Yeah, changes all the time. The button's not over on the right-hand drop-down menu, which I've just recently learnt and memorised. Now it's in the bottom left corner. And that seems like no big deal, but it is when it's not your full-time gig and you're just trying to log in to do a quick change. And you're like, oh, now I have to learn again. And so... (laughs) That's me. I'm a, I'm a delegator and outsourcer and I love that, but not everyone's the same and not everyone has that budget and I understand yeah. that. So what are your thoughts around self-managing your advertising paid, paid campaigns versus getting someone else to do it for you, a digital marketer? Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. The problem is if you're not in it all the time, it changes all the time. And so even the way, so from today to 12 months ago, the way you structured the ads in Ads Manager is completely different. So the objectives and the targeting, it's all completely different to what it was 12 months ago. I think it's possible to do it on your own. Um, I have a membership that teaches people how to use social media and paid advertising to grow their dance studios. So I make sure I have quite detailed training and videos in there for people who want to do it themselves. And like you said, not every dance studio has the budget to outsource it to a professional marketing agency or consultant. So learning how to do it themselves is the option. So I have all that in there, but I have to keep updating that as well because it changes so frequently. Mm. And I think I think it is possible, but probably possible with guidance is the way to do it because you don't want to be throwing money away without results. And I the amount of times I hear from dance studio owners, I've tried ads that didn't work. And for me, I, I'm very much a believer if you're doing ads well, they will work. Um, but there's a few things to remember. So setting up Facebook ads as a set and forget type of advertising won't work. 
it needs tweaking, it needs adjusting, it needs optimizing, but then you need the time, the skill and the knowledge to be able to do that. So and there's how often that, does it need to be optimized? Like how often should you be checking to see if things are working? Twice a week. Mm. Yeah. So that's my rule of thumb. So if as soon as you set up an ad within 72 hours, you want to check the data. And this is the other thing, you have to know what data you're looking for. So um, but checking the stats, checking the results, and then optimizing. And it might be changing the image, it might be changing the headline, it might be uh changing the call to action button. Something that simple can have a really big difference in the results of your ad. And then for me, and certainly for my clients, every three days. So we're making sure twice a week I'm checking. If it's not doing what I think it should do, I'm optimizing. And I have benchmarks in terms of performance. So I'm always checking that. I think it's really important to note as well for everyone listening, because yes, I don't do my advertising anymore. Um, I've, I've had some of for several years. And they... Um, they're great and it's all fine, but I still actually keep my metrics. Yeah. So I actually have weekly metrics. So I log into the Facebook and, and the Facebook, you can tell me. The Facebook. <laughs> so yeah. The Facebook. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I log into Facebook and I will go, okay, so the things that I look for in my metrics tracking is how many clicks did the ad get? What was the cost per click? Yep. Um, how many impressions it had, things like that. So very basic things. Yep. Um, it's not rocket science stuff. It's really easily accessible in the back end of Meta. And it yep. just makes me, the cost per click and how many clicks is the biggest thing I look for because I can pull up my digital market if I notice, holy moly, we're paying like, you know, $5 a click versus $2 a click last week. What's going on? Yeah, because sometimes it can get missed. Now, I I think um, that doesn't happen often, but I like to keep an eye on it. And I and they're like, oh yeah, we we know Joe. We're already on it. We're fixing things. We're changing things. Okay, great. But I also no. like to let them know that I'm watching because yeah. I think it's important to understand it, even if you're not doing it, because you need to know what you're paying for. How I couldn't agree more. The return on investment. How can we? get that return on investment and know when it's working and when it's not. Yeah, so exactly what you're saying, which is knowing your numbers, so knowing the data, and it's a mix of, so there's four or five metrics in the back end that I keep a really close eye on and link clicks and cost per click are definitely two of them. What else can you look at? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, so CTR all, CTR all, which is a, a click-through rate, all, is really about your image or the creative that you use, image or video. And you want that percentage to be above 4%. So it's below 4%, your image or your creative, your video probably needs tweaking or testing. Okay, and there's so another click-through CT- rate above 4%. Like it, writing this down. Thanks, Sally. Yeah, so going. <laughs> CTR all is that one. And then there's CTR link click-through. It's a separate one. So it's a separate column. And that one's about your copy. So that's about the words that you've typed in. Mm. And you want that one to be above 1.5%. And if it's not, then you probably need to change a headline or the messaging. So one of the areas that dance studios um, that often need help with is their messaging is about them and not about their customer. So we provide this. We have this. We have um, fully equipped studios. We have qualified teachers. 
And the way that I try to explain it is when a parent reads that, what's in it for them? So we have fully qualified teachers who can help your dancer be the best they can be. Yeah, so so those statements are important, but we need to then follow through with then how does that statement actually impact the customer experience? Exactly. Yeah. And content in general, it's really about making it about the customer. How are we solving their problem? How are we meeting them where they're at? How are we identifying a problem that maybe they didn't even know they had and then showing how we're the solution? So really incorporating our ideal customer into our content and into our ads. And that's how we hook them because if our ads are all about us, people just scroll straight past it every time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really interesting. I mean, look, even in relation to imagery, Sometimes I find, um, you know, like a client of mine, I saw them posting about an open day that they've got on Instagram. It was an organic post and they used their logo. Yeah. And there was no pictures of like, there was no faces, there was no imagery. And I just thought, I mean, I get it, but that's not really going to attract new people. People that yeah. are already with you, sure because they just know you and that's fine and they identify with that logo. But most people are just going to flick past that and that's not going to mean much to them. Studio owners, are you ready to accelerate the growth of your studio biz in 2024? Then join me from January 30th through to February 1st this year in Studio Accelerator. This is a free coaching week. Register now via joeweek.com. Here you'll learn how to earn $20,000 plus more in your studio biz. You'll also learn the Studio Enrollment Highway, which is your marketing roadmap. And you'll learn the key to growing your studio income as well as your community engagement, which is so important. So get ready to attract, retain and enroll your students this year with Studio Accelerator. Register now. Link is in the show notes. So what's your thoughts around image choices? Are we looking at, you know, have we moved away from professional photo shoot versus natural photo? Like what what, what do you think in relation to photo and video choices when it comes to our marketing, whether it be paid or unpaid? So my answer to this is depends on your business. So if you want to present a very formal, well-groomed, great training type of dance studio, then those are the images you want to present, but always from the perspective of the customer. So still happy kids because the customer doesn't want to see a sad, grumpy kid who's well-groomed and getting excellent ballet training. They still want to see a happy kid in those photos. And then whatever imagery you're you're using should directly relate to the offer in your ad if it's paid advertising. So if it's a paid ad about preschool classes, then the image must be of a preschool student. And if it's a paid ad about an elite program, then the image must be of an elite student. So it it just has to match. And then the other thing I would add to that is this often comes up in websites too. So often you'll see a website for a dance studio and I know as a studio owner and teacher, I go, oh, that's amazing, great video, amazing choreography as soon as I land. But then as a parent, I'd go, "Mm, I just, I'd assume that's not for me, not for my kid because it's all their best dancers in an amazing video with spectacular choreography so again it's making sure that everything we're putting out in a marketing perspective is about the customer Mm. and about the campaign 
Yes. If the campaign is targeting a particular type of customer, because we can have different campaigns for different purposes and different programs. If it's a TAP program, then, you know, having TAP kids makes sense or an right. adult program versus a children's program. Like we can have those variations, but the imagery and the video content needs to really match what you're presenting. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, what sort of challenges are we seeing in the marketplace at the moment, especially that are we still recovering from COVID? Do you think that there's a level of that in the marketplace? I know I, I literally just did a story on my Instagram that says, you know, 2023 felt like for many the year of chaos and catch up post-COVID. So yeah. in 2024, what does the what 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 is the the issues or the challenges or the things that we're facing at the moment in the marketplace from your perspective? So based on what I'm hearing from studio owners, affordability. So the cost of living is affecting both studio owners, business owners, and their clients. Um, I've spoken to a lot of studio owners who have redone their pricing structures, which I cannot tell you how important that is because so many dance studio owners have been leaning on a sliding scale, massive discounts for multiple classes, all that sort of stuff, which has worked in the past. But now when everything is so expensive and we're just starting to catch up after COVID, making sure you're getting paid what you're worth is more important than ever. And there will be a percentage of customers who, who don't stay, but you will protect your business financially going forward, which are just is just so important. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think um, I, I recently did um, something on this as well. In, uh, it was one of my episodes about uh, getting your pricing right and right being right for you. But yeah. we talked about increasing your prices, even that smidge. Like if you increase your price, even at $2 a class and you have 200 students doing three classes a week, that is significant to you, the studio owner. To the person themselves, $6 a week, right? If they yeah. do three classes at $2 extra a week, not much. Yeah. You know, $20 a month, not much. But when you start thinking it from a studio owner's perspective, it's huge. And I just think, you know, they could be missing out on thousands of dollars. And I think it's reasonable to expect a price increase during these times Obviously, it has to be aligned to your market. See, because I think it's counterintuitive because what people are saying, oh, I can't increase my prices because I'll lose my customers. But if you don't increase your prices, then you're going to lose them anyway because you actually can't afford to keep them. And at least uh. if you do lose, let's say you lose a couple of people, your price increase, like let's say 99% pay the price increase and 1% leave you, but you're still making more money by losing the 1% and you're staffing less because now you don't have to staff for those people that aren't paying you enough. So it actually all works out in the wash, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But I do find that interesting. How can we how can we address pricing concerns in our marketing or should we steer clear? Um, there's a couple of things. So I'm I'm a big believer that anytime that you're marketing into a new season, new year, new term, that you are presenting an offer of some kind. And you don't have to give anything away in terms of money when you have an offer, but something that answers the question for the customer, what's in it for me? So 
I'm, I use a lot with dance studios. I work with digital downloads. So they get a um, digital coloring book and a digital activity pack and maybe a video on how to create the perfect ballet bun. So they get this big digital bundle bonus when they book in by a certain date. And it's having that kind of offer for someone where it doesn't cost, you maybe create it once and then it's available all the time. And it doesn't actually cost you more every time someone books in but it's something of value to them. And you can put a value on it worth $57 free when you book in by this date. And so you're creating the marketing language around more value, but no increase in cost. So there's that kind of language, which helps to address the cost increases that are happening. Um, All-inclusive pricing tends to do really well. So whether you have like um, a concert bundle that gets paid off each term or whether there's a uniform bundle that you can offer, but no more to pay or all-inclusive pricing has a lot of power in marketing. So really considering that kind of thing. Mm, we do that. We have all-inclusive pricing. Yeah. Um, so our uh, like costumes and everything is just part of their membership fee, their monthly membership. Yeah. I find that works really, really well because it's just bundled and away we go and there's no more to pay and people love it. Yeah. And don't underestimate the value of convenience. Like if you can provide clients with all the uniform items or even just a PDF with links of where to order them all online, the, the value in convenience is a lot for a busy parent. So thinking outside the box in terms of where you can deliver value is mm. um really good idea so what about spend we talked about you know you know briefly around that instagram facebook marketing uh process is there a daily spend we should be aiming for this is a common question studio owners ask how much should i spend on my ads yeah literally every client i have asked me this question yeah <laughs> um in the membership i have an ad spend calculator it's like a rough guide um it's a little bit how long's a piece of string. And I'm a, a big believer in marketing, especially for dance studios. There's not one answer for everyone because every dance studio is different. Every location is different. Every target market is different. So the spend will depend. It also depends on what your social platforms have been doing up until the point that you start advertising. So if you've not been posting consistently, not had much engagement for 12 months, and then you suddenly decide to put up ads, they're not going to perform as well as if you had been doing all that prior. So there are factors involved. <laughs> Let's talk about organic marketing. Yeah. What about that? I mean, how important is organic marketing and what frequency should we be looking at? And again, this depends on you and your studio. So if you're doing mm -hmm. it yourself, you might just, the big thing for me is consistency. So if you say, what I can do is once a week, that's perfect. Or what I can do is one reel a fortnight, great. Whatever works for you in your studio, and especially if, you know, dance studio owners are so busy already, jack-of-all-trade business owners doing all the things. So it's just coming up with what works for you to start with, but consistency is key. So I do think that we need to show up um, yeah. weekly. Um, I think that that is important in my mind, I think, because I don't know if there's much impact in, in a fortnight. I get consistency. I'm all for consistency. It's actually one of my immutable laws. I have um, core values and I, yes. and I stick it on my wall and I teach it to my team and it's really, and it's be consistent in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> so consistency is absolutely key. 
Um, do you, but I don't know. I just think sometimes not to counter your, yeah, thoughts, I actually, that's no, a really good point, it, you know, and like, bare minimum, more, I would say once a week is great, but once a fortnight is better than not at all. So totally. yes. And what's your frequency like in your own marketing? So my own marketing, it depends on the season. So I'm about to just kind of slam back into it at the moment. And I want to get back to daily when I work with studio owners with my kind of done for you package. We have daily content across platforms. So mm -hmm. it might be Facebook one day, Instagram the next day, Google business profile the next day, but there is daily content going out somewhere. Um, and that's my preference. So that's daily content plus stories and reels. So stories and reels come on top of that daily posting. Um, and that's what I prefer for any dance studio. But I also know that it's not necessarily possible especially if you're going from nothing so um yeah I, I think especially find stories easiest because I don't have to because daily stories to me is grab my camera and tell my thought share an idea be in studio film the class you know what I mean I yeah. just stories are actually really easy but that's because I'm a performer and yeah. me picking up a camera isn't scary I'm not afraid to be on camera and actually yeah. I just did things this morning about personal I'm almost talking about I just did this this morning <laughs> so much content happening but I just did a story this morning about the, the power of personal branding and how showing up in a story like this um is really powerful and you don't have to always look amazing like I think that's the fear yes. like some people don't want to shop because I think they've got to have their makeup and their hair done and they're this and that and actually I don't agree with that I think you show up as you are and people will connect with who you are if that is who you truly are if your brand like you said is is elite high level professional sure I get it but people connect with people as they are and that's how you attract the right Client. I mean, that's my opinion. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? Like in relation yeah. to showing up and, and, you know, no makeup, you know? Well, data shows that people respond to authenticity because they see themselves in that. So if they see you showing up not perfect, they're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Someone else lives the way I do. So showing up as yourself, perfect or imperfect on any given day, is better than waiting to look perfect because you're not going to resonate with an audience if you look perfect every time that you're on camera. The other thing to remember is people love behind the scenes. So you don't always have to have your face on a story or on a, on content, video of what's happening in the studio or sorting out costumes or um, and I know dance studio owners more and more get a little bit worried about um, privacy with getting footage of students and I completely get that but there are tons of ways to get content without getting your students in it. So, um, yeah, people love behind the scenes. So the more of that you can do, the better. What sort of some ideas that don't involve students for behind the scenes that you could share? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a video I love doing for clients, a walk-up video to a studio location or a walk-through video of a location. It can be when students are there or when they're not. Um, if you've got a shop or a reception area on site, doing like a video walkthrough of that on a daily basis. What are you doing? Do it, And you may think that that's completely disinteresting to other people and no one's going to care. Trust me, people like to know what's going on in other people's lives. So if you're, um, I don't know, do, does anyone bead costumes anymore? But if you're doing anything with costumes, 
people love to see that kind of thing. If you're like doing content, do it like a behind the scenes content of you creating it. People just love seeing a glimpse into what's going on in your life. Yeah, that's really cool. Funnily enough, actually, um, we I've done some costume videos and they're quite hilarious. And I haven't shared them yet. And they've been sitting there for months and I've just banked them. And I'm like, now you've inspired me. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna yeah. share them. And that's the thing. You can pull up content from several months ago and you can use it whenever you like, right? Yeah. And the good thing with stories, once you've used it, there's no reason why you can't use it again. Not everyone will have seen it the first time. Mm-hmm. So repurposing and reusing content, I'm all, also a huge fan of. The other thing is it doesn't have to be perfectly edited with the perfect music and the perfect sticker and the perfect caption. Just get it out there. We as dance studio owners get a little bit caught up, I think, in what other people think. And that um, that mindset can hold us back from just putting ourselves out there. So that's my hot tip for growth is to let go of what other people think and just put it out. What would be your, your you know, when it comes to your top tips for marketing for people that, um, let's say, are getting started versus, versus seasoned marketers? Uh, anything you might share that, that could, you know, leverage what they're doing or, or perhaps, you know, help with their growth? Yeah, absolutely. So keywords is my number one tip for anything is finding out. So if, you, if you've started your studio, you've already got clients. Um, an email survey or even an in-person before class, after class, and literally ask them, if you were, if you didn't know me or my studio and you were looking for what we do, what would you type into Google? And get as many of those responses as you can to, to learn what the customers are typing into Google and then use those keywords in your content, in your bios, on your website, everywhere, online. Is <laughs> so that that's an my SEO one thing? That's part of being searchable. Yeah. 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 And then number two is claim your Google business profile and optimize it. And when I say optimize it, make sure every section is filled out on your Google business profile because that will also boost your searchability online. And then number three, consistency, consistency, consistency. Actually, funnily enough, I have done the the Google claim your business and yes. built it out for my studio, but not for my personal brand. So I haven't thought about that. Yeah, writing it down, Sally. Thank you. (laughs) And there's a new feature. You previously you couldn't link your social profiles to your Google business profile, but you can now. So you kind of start creating this ecosystem of all your online platforms. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, there's a couple of things I want to ask you before we wrap up this beautiful interview today. What does success look like to you? What does that mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. For me personally or for dance studios? For you. For me, I really, when I started marketing for dance studios, I kind of asked myself, what's what's my vision in this? Who do I want to be? And the answer I came up with was to be the person I wish I had access to as a dance studio owner. So I remember as a young dance studio owner with no idea, doing all the print ads because back then that's what we did. We did newspaper ads and the school newsletters and the mailbox drops and never really knowing if what I was doing was helping myself or not. So I would really like to be someone that dance studio owners can come to to get the answers to those marketing questions and to really be who I wish I'd had access to as a young studio owner. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that so much. And it's that legacy, isn't it, of creating something and, and passing it forward. 
Um, what who or what inspires you most? Um, these days I have a few mentors, um, mm -hmm. but I would say inspiration, I think, really comes from the women I know. Um, my mum, my sister, um, a lot of clients. I often speak to dance studio owners and just sit in my chair hearing them talk about their business and think, wow, there are so many amazing women in this industry. And not to say there's not amazing men, but obviously for me, I relate to the power of amazing women doing amazing things. Um, and a lot of us who are helping dance studio owners in the business space, I I think we're a powerhouse network of inspiring women. So yeah, women chasing their dreams, I think probably inspires me the most. That is so fantastic. And what's next? You talk mm -hmm. about chasing dreams. What's next for Sally? Yeah, absolutely. So as I've mentioned, I have a couple of services in my business and I really want to expand my membership because I think for a lot of dance studios starting out or potentially in a budget crunch, which I know a lot of studios are going to be this year, mm. it's a great option to have access to all the information and to still be able to do it yourself or to have a, a staff member do it. So my plan over the next 12 months is really to expand that and to get that out to as many people as I can. Oh, thank you. And if there's any links that you can share with people, how can people find you online? Absolutely. So my handle is Sally Prendergast Marketing on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. So you can pretty much find me anywhere. Um, and all the links will be there. Links in bio at every one of those platforms. All right. And we'll pop a link in the show notes for you as well. Well, thank you so much, Sally, for being on the show. It's been amazing. I love chatting to you. <laughs> We're about to go into a little story ourselves on Instagram, you know, while we've got you live. And um, yeah, I just think it's so great. And I look forward to seeing more of your journey. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Great chatting. This episode was brought to you by my signature group coaching program, Studio Biz Success an amazing and accessible online educational platform for performing arts studio owners designed to help you grow your business with confidence and get your results. Check it out at josephinelancuba.com along with other great industry resources to help you leap into the studio biz you deserve. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with your friends. You can tag me on social media at josephinelancuba and give it a review. Your support helps the show to grow so I can continue to provide you with useful, informative content. I'm Josephine Lane Cuba, your biggest cheerleader. Thanks for listening and shine bright. <laughs>